Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Malvirtuoso. Bad actors take a break from fishing in favor of malvertising. Next up, one love for OneNote. Hackers using Microsoft OneNote attachments to spread malware. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 147, recorded on February 6th, 2023. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, fishing at the least inopportuna moment, LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor, one note, many fishes, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, malware, oh, where has my data all gone? Helming. That welcome, welcome, beautiful. welcome. Thank you. Stuck the landing there, Kelsey. Uh, man, I have stage fright when it comes to <laughs> trying to nail both of your, your funny intros, because I feel like if I don't do them justice, I've nailed you. You're going to have bad luck for seven years. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tim, I know you were just struggling with your furnace, and that would actually be a really funny, this is a very random pivot, it'd be a really funny HVAC like YouTube series called like Between Two Furnaces. Mm. And if, mm. if that doesn't exist. And you, you can't hear the, the guest or the host because the furnaces are just making noise. The <laughs> whole time. Well, not if they're good furnaces, you know, it's like a, it's an HVAC professional's dream. On one so, side has to be the furnace from Home Alone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the quality of the. You could have, you know, in some episodes you can hear them talking, and in others you just can't because the furnace is too loud. <laughs> and then the, and the furnaces the sell themselves <laughs> for some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Anyway, I I took us to a tangent even faster than we get there typically. Just start. We'll just start there today, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> That's right. Today on home improvement with breaking badness. Oh, I want to Photoshop a little photo of one of you looking over the fence, you know, just see your eyes. Oh, like Kilroy? Yeah. Did did they did they ever show his face on the show? I don't That's think one of the so. Burning questions. I don't think they did. Hmm. I was thinking of the old Kilroy cartoons, but yeah, the, the oh. fence guy. I don't think. No, I was like, I, yeah, I sure. Mean, that's like the guy. that seems like <laughs> that would have been a last episode type of thing to do, mm. but I don't. I'm not sure if they ever did. Yeah, seems like something they were kind of on the fence about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Eh. Eh. All right. Oh, back to what we discussed last week. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to reduce Tim's editing for production by not telling as many stupid jokes like that one. We'll talk instead about oh, that no, virtuoso. Please, please go ahead. It's a delight <laughs> to edit those. Uh, watching me tell a pun is kind of like um, someone who does a poor job at playing a video game and the character kind of gets stuck bouncing into the walls into the corner which I will say out of experience that's that's typically me on all levels I suppose um, <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so in the past month a number of malware families, well, malware families are using Google Ads to spread badness masquerading as legitimate downloads <gasps> <gasps> 
dun, dun, clutching dun. my pearls. You heard it here first. <laughs> they could but, just go and tell lies on the internet? No, never. They have to show your sources on Wikipedia, okay, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> so this article discusses how these bad actors' usual choice of malice and malfeasance was phishing via Microsoft Word documents. Uh, do we have any insight into why they made this this recent shift, this pivot, if you will? So I'm going to kind of disagree a little bit with one of the assertions in that article, which is that this is a new change. I think malvertising has been around for quite a while. And, um, you know, it's just been one of the tools in the toolkit. Um, but why are we seeing a lot of this recently? Well, you know, it's always a numbers game for people that are in any sort of business, whether it's legit or illegit. And th they must be seeing that it's they're getting good results, that it's paying off. Um, and also, there are a lot of anti-phishing measures in email gateways and whatnot that do catch some of the you know, some of the old traditional tricks that fishers use malicious links and malicious attachments and, and stuff. And of course, the one of the highlights from an InfoSec standpoint of 2022, which was when Microsoft disabled macros by default, they, they, uh, and they disabled them and then they sort of like re-enabled them or something and then re-disabled, I forget, it felt like it flip-flopped a little bit, but the disabling of macros, whether it was the, you know, the Microsoft changing the default or for some people that they had decided independently to do that back, you know, before then, those measures are all helping catch some of the traditional phishing methods that are coming in on email messages. So why not look at uh, diversifying how you go out and get victims? Oh, that darn investment advice is, is <laughs> causing havoc, is it not? Yeah, it's unfortunately the bad guys take good advice too. <laughs> well, this type of threat is known as malvertising, but surely it's not the first time we're seeing this method of badness, right? It isn't the first time, but don't call me Shirley. <laughs> What's your victor, Vector? <laughs> um, so <laughs> reading through some of the comments, um, I know folks probably should stay away from those for their own sanity. Um, but some folks in there haven't heard the term until this particular article. So even though it's been around for a bit, it seems like it's 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 new to others. That like the yeah, I guess car... maybe we're maybe we're doing a public service here on Breaking Badness, which actually I think we we always are. Dun, at least we dun, attempt dun. to. You let us know in those uh, ratings and comments and so forth. Speaking of comments, but uh, no, malvertising has been around for quite a while. Um, and it's been known by that name for quite a long time within InfoSec world, brand protection world, et cetera. Um, it's not, it's, as I was mentioning, it's not particularly new. Uh, and so I would say, you know, has there been maybe a change in the level of it? Has it come up and as a comparison to the traditional fishing methods, is it higher? It may be that that's the case. But it's there's nothing new under the sun. Actually, there is sometimes in this world. That's why we find it interesting. But now, malvertising's been around for a while. And if you think about how it works, here's the thing that's so great about it from the bad actor's perspective. Um, 
you are literally placing links or, or content, depending on what kind of advertising it is, that you are controlling onto these platforms that get a lot of visits. So what could go wrong? You have to pay for it, but of course you're probably using other people's money anyway if you're a malicious actor, so that's not really much of a barrier. Um, but they get traffic and uh, they get attention. And so the the concept behind malvertising just makes a lot of sense, unfortunately, for distribution of illicit stuff. Illicit stuff. Do you think that will be a cable channel show at one point? You know, we're kind of like moving in if that it, direction. If it is, I don't know if it'll necessarily be related to cybersecurity. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that it's possible that it wouldn't be. Maybe like the spinoff, you know? That like, could be. Like the Frasier of that situation? Perhaps. I mean, Netflix has a, a show on pretty much everything at this point, right? We it's haven't. Hard is it to find cake? a topic. But what about I, I is it malware? You just slice open the downloaded file right in the middle, and you see like, oh, yep. it's gotcha. It's a Trojan. <laughs> you picked wrong. You picked wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll contact our people there after the show. Maybe Tom Hanks <laughs> will uh, will host. Who knows? Um, anyway, <laughs> so some of the impersonated brands include. Adobe Reader, Slack, Microsoft Teams, as well as others. And I know those are pretty small companies and you don't hear them very often. Um, Adobe who? Micro, <laughs> Adobe. micro who? Huh? Micro, what? micro, yeah. Sounds small. Would, Sounds yeah. small. It's, yeah. it's a niche thing. Um, but we should assume that this extends to others outside of these niche companies, right? Um, like potentially expand to additional brands, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Downloads of software are, you know, again, this is like kind of some of the same dynamics that I was talking about a second ago with why malvertising itself is a useful choice. But when you think about what the lure is going to be, you've got people going, I'm about to download something. So it's like it's not even uh, there's not even the um, the risk for the bad actor that they're going to notice a download when they weren't expecting one. That's exactly what they are expecting. So they're going to go for things that people either for personal or business reasons are interested in getting. So that's where you see productivity tools like Adobe and Microsoft Teams and so forth. Um, but you can find this with games and really any category of software that's popular. So yes, it is safe to assume that there are a lot more brands involved and being impersonated this way. And, you know, the, the reporter for the article just had to cut the line somewhere and couldn't go on infinitely uh, searching out what other brands or software products are being uh, imitated in this way or used as lures this way. But yeah, it's, it's pretty widespread. And, you know, it's, we'll talk about this a little later, but it does pay to be pretty careful when you're going to deliberately download software that you're actually getting what it is that you think you're getting. I want to spin off the Allure brand, the magazine, the, the Condé Nast magazine, and make it a you know, fishing, oh, yeah. fishing uh, allure. Lure. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a lot of similar readers between both of us. I think there's, there's an end. We'll contact those people. We've got a lot of people to reach out to after this podcast. I mean, it's a three-way <laughs> Venn diagram between the people interested in fishing, like for fish with an F, mm. swim around. That's mm -hmm. allure. 
mm-hmm. fishing with a PH and people interested in fashion. Fashionable fishing. Mm-hmm. There's fast fashion and there's fashionable fishing. <laughs> Think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this report, uh, or excuse me, this threat was reported by researchers at Sentinel-1 and is called Malvert. Um, of course, in camel case. Can you talk about what Malvert does? Yes, let's go into what Malvert does. Well, at the moment, according to this research uh, from Sentinel-1, it's being used to distribute a malware called Xloader. And for all you Mac people, guess what? Xloader runs on Mac as well as Windows. So equal opportunity here. And let it never be said that there isn't a lot of Mac malware out there because obviously we know that there is at this point. So Xloader, by the name, it sounds like its job would be for downloading uh, post-exploitation later stage tooling. But what it seems to be doing, according to this research, is credential stealing and stealing other kinds of sensitive information um, you know, from, from the hosts that it's on. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting when I was looking into this is, so there's a download site that they talk about in the article, uh, downloadstudio.net. Please don't uh, go visit that. Uh, but that <laughs> domain accomplished something that uh, not very many malicious domains accomplish, and that is that it got way up inside the top million domains in terms of the ranking algorithm that we've got in, in Iris, which replaces the uh, the former Alexa service that used to do that uh, website ranking, not to be confused with the Alexa that's monitoring your home. Um, But it's in the 124,000-ish range. So that's pretty high up for a uh, a flat-out bad domain. And it's also been around a couple of years. It was registered originally in 2019. So uh, go research downloadstudio.net, but please don't download anything from it. Do it. Click it. (laughs) i'm just like man it's got all this really great software that i need yeah i know now just go to pirate bay Um. (laughs) and i was and i was google searching that software and then this was the top link so i have to click on that has to be that it's has to be be fine right yeah it's gotta be okay no i actually i i opened up a can of iris on a few of the different indicators that were in this article and i found a lot of stuff and by the way just as an aside you know to put in a good word for the kind of methodology that we have learned about from practitioners over the years and that we promote and and do ourselves and taylor does this a lot and our research team do it a lot in looking at a given indicator out of a Uh, threat report or something like that and then expanding and pivoting from that to find out other stuff that's related to it and so they mentioned a an ip address in the article uh that they said is has shown up as malicious because it's got a bunch of these domains on it and that is true but i saw that that ip has something like four hundred and thirteen thousand domains on it right now so (laughs) i there's probably some legit ones on there too so this is this is one of those things where people who who are firewall admins that have a posture that's pretty uh, averse to getting any false positives, you probably don't want to just block that IP address. Um, So if you go down to the domain level and you start pivoting around on some of the domains instead, 
you can find a much more concentrated set of indicators where your confidence can be really high that if you're blocking those domains or setting alerts on them or whatever it is that you choose to do, you're much less likely to be running into false positives from those. They also mentioned that this Malvert uses a rotating set of domains as the command and control and that most of them are actually decoys and that there's only one um, that is truly the actual uh, C2 server. Now, when you have all of those as um, as indicators, you might as well block them because it wasn't quite clear whether it rotates through them and picks a different one to be the live uh, C2 server at any given time or whether there really is one of them statically that's just the only one. I wouldn't think they would choose to do it that way because once that one's burned, it's burned. Um, but the other domains that were part of what they listed for that C2, the ones that were supposedly decoys, did not look like anything that anybody's going to necessarily have a business need to get to anyway. So those are probably all safe to uh, put into the block or alert rules anyhow. But uh, but so some interesting stuff in the infrastructure from this, and I didn't have time to go pivoting around really extensively to see where it all led to. Um, but uh, But clearly there's a pretty scoped and defined campaign here. What I didn't see, by the way, was a lot of stuff related to all the different brands or uh, uh, products that could be spoofed in these malvertising campaigns. And what that says to me is that they just, they identified a pretty specific one here, but you can zoom out and assume, because we know this is, <laughs> this is the case, that, you know, this, this is pretty widespread. This type of, of malvertising is going to be with us for a while. And, you know, you could say, well, why doesn't Google just fix that and, and vet the sources of all their <laughs> advertising? And well, there you would have a scale problem, but they're, they're probably getting, you know, better at it over the years, but so are the bad actors. It's a cat and mouse game. Go on eternally. Do you think the, like the big scale, the people that, that, that create and manufacture scales also talk about having a scaling problem like is that what happens well, in, a, in a classic meeting where they're like but bob we need help scaling and then they're just like oh, oh, oh. yeah they talk they make economies of scale jokes economies of scale <laughs> probably the customers just keep wanting to get bigger they want to measure bigger and bigger things <laughs> it's a scale problem <laughs> oh boy well tim you already covered this a little bit but i mean what what do folks listening to the podcast how can they protect themselves from these malfeasances? Well, uh, basically, just stop using the internet for anything other yep. than listening to Breaking Badness. Shut it all and down. Done. Bye. Yeah. Just shut it all down. Just we everything was fine when we you know used a phone book and uh, <laughs> read a newspaper. No, I I think avoiding the I've been leery of the sponsored links. Oh. Um, just forever, you know, when yeah. I'm, when I'm researching something, um, in my favorite search engine and I get the results, the sponsored ones, I tend to, for me, I guess it breaks down into a couple different ways. If I am looking for something that specifically, I know there's a, a brand or a, a company that is associated with it. Um, then I'm, you know, I check the domain and I will occasionally click a sponsored one if I'm sure that the domain involved is the legit one. But I've been, 
I've been so skeptical about online ads for years and years that I try to go past those sponsored links. But when I'm, when I'm, if, you know, if I need to download Microsoft Teams or Adobe Reader or something like that, well, I'm going to go straight to the Adobe site or the Microsoft site or whatever on my own and not, not necessarily click some link that I got in a, you know, by searching in my favorite search engine. So yeah, that's, I, I think the sponsored links certainly are not all bad, of course, but, um, but you have to really be mindful of what domain it is that you're going to when you click on that thing. Mindful Navigating, brought to you by Breaking Badness. <laughs> there we go. All right, Tim, well analyzed, well summarized. Let's do our hoodie rating system, which is, of course, from zero to ten. Ten is very, very bad. Zero is neutral. We're, we're not bad, necessarily. And we're playing off hackers and hoodies. And basically, how many defenders does it take to make this all better? And Taylor, why don't we start with you? What, what, what would you rate this at? Uh, you know, like grand scheme of things, big things like uh, it's not this is like more of the same, right? This is just uh, more background noise of, of scamming on the internet. But I will say that the ability for folks to get into the top, uh, like that kind of buy bar that lives above the actual search results, right? So Google has like the, like the advertising results and then the actual search results. And we could have a much larger discussion around how Google search has kind of gone downhill. <laughs> but um, this is like just part and parcel of that whole conversation is like, hey, it's very difficult for folks to discern between the kind of advertising links above and the actual stuff below. And so they end up going to stuff on the advertiser marketplace that directs them to these fake downloads. Right. And so like. Uh, you know, I, I hear that there's probably a scale problem with trying to find this stuff, but Google absolutely has to do better. Like how, how can you, you have, you know, you're, you're under the alphabet umbrella, you have Chronicle, which takes itself seriously as a security company. And on the other side, you've got, oh yeah, you want to get like a visual studio download where you have to like sift through eight different malware links before you can get there. Like that's crap. <laughs> that's, uh, they, like that's, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not using these days, Taylor, is we can just ask chat GPT, where's the best <laughs> place to download visual studio. Yeah. Right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> chat APT. Um, yeah. You know, this is like the advertising thing is tricky because you have like, Hey, if I'm on a legitimate site and there's an ad that's got a link on it through an advertising network, you know, there's a lot of layers to those networks and, you know, I expect them to be bad. The fact that I can go like, hey, Adobe Reader download and like the first uh, search from a Google, the first advertising hit from Google is directly to malware. Like that's, you know, that's awful. Like that's, that, that's, that's not a scaling problem. That's just you don't care, right? That's <laughs> just you don't care. Uh, it, it's not that hard to, you know, for, for like if you work from the inside out and say, hey, they're going to be targeting these 50 or 60 client downloads. Um, for things like OBS or Visual Studio or Adobe Reader or, you know, insert your kind of five gaming download platforms like Steam and whatever EA does and, you know, Microsoft and that stuff. Like, you know, there's, 
there's a, like a, a small number of these that make up a disproportionate amount of the malware because the bad, your bad operators are just imitating the stuff they see out in the wild to try and trick folks. So the fact that you could like just have these as the top link on the advertising search bars is shameful for, for Google. So in terms of like, hey, is this like a million hoodies or anything? It's like two and a half hoodies, right? It's not a lot of hoodies. It's the same kind of stuff. But, you know, I think it's not unreasonable to ask for the, one of the largest companies on the planet to be better about this stuff. Today on Just Grievances. <laughs> <laughs> Just grievances. Just grievances. Well, we could have some gold guidance that were tied to this particular grievance also. But Go, yeah. go add. Add and rate. So 2,500 millihoodies for that one from Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I was kind of thinking, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll go 3.5 hoodies because... Um, I just, I, th I agree totally with Taylor that it's a background noise kind of thing. This is not the, the, like the particular malware, that exloader malware that they're talking about. It seems to be comparatively new, but the technique that we're talking about here is not new at all. And so I think um, it is a background noise kind of thing, but I think it's, it's going to get a lot of people, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, InfoSec Pros probably already have pretty good criteria in their own minds for evaluating whether they're on a safe or unsafe download link. But, you know, they're responsible for keeping a lot of users protected who may not be quite as savvy about that. So, and, you know, some of the web gateways and so forth are going to have decent scanning that will help prevent these things from transiting the wire. But, that's helpful if you're sitting behind one of those gateways, but so many people are working remote and they're not necessarily doing full tunnels that push them through those kinds of products and so forth uh, for that scanning. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's an ongoing issue and yeah, put me down for three and a half. Three and a half it is. Well, hey, thank you both. And be sure to click on our sponsored Breaking Badness link uh, when you Google them advertising. Yeah, you can get a, an ISO in, fine. of the whole show and just load that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, though, if somebody was using Breaking Badness as a lure for illicit downloads, you know, kind of out there and buying Google ads for it, in a way, that'd be a good problem to have, wouldn't it? I mean, that then we know we've made it <laughs> we've when we're, when we're being used as a lure because we're that popular. That's how they're, they're going to try to get high... They're going to get the high targeted Tom Hanks is with the breaking badness lure for sure. And, um, that's, you know, probably the overused fishing lure method for sure for T Hanks. Yeah. But Tom's pretty savvy about these things by this point, you know, he's yeah. been, he's been associated with us for long enough. A very long. He time. doesn't fall for these things. No, we've trained him well. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we're going to take a brief break here before we return for our second article, which is one love, for one note we'll be back after these brief messages and then we'll return looking forward to it see you in a sec hey breaking badness listener tim here from the crew saying thanks for being with us we hope you enjoy listening to the show as much as we enjoy making it and if you do enjoy it well we hope you might consider doing us a 
10 chocolate chip goodie favor and leave a rating and a review of Breaking Badness on your favorite podcast platform. Maybe even more importantly, tell a friend or two about the show. We would be much obliged. And now, on with the episode. So, you know, it's appropriate that we're talking about one love for one note on this particular day that we're recording because guess whose birthday this is today? No. Is it one note's birthday? It, it, well, <laughs> no, but it is the late Bob Marley's birthday. Oh! One love. That's podcast together and feel all right. That was my best Bob Marley impression ever. That was sure. fine. That Hands was, that was down. Per- quite serviceable. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Good call out there, Tim. Do you just know that by heart or do you look up whose birthday or, you know, yeah, whose birthday was it today? No, it, it's actually kind of funny. I happened to hear that on an online radio station that I was listening to this morning. That's <laughs> pure serendipity. Oh, this one's for you, Bob. Um, he also worked at the scale company. That was the Bob I was referencing for sure earlier. <laughs> um, okay, so one love for OneNote. Hackers are using Microsoft OneNote attachments and phishing emails to spread malware and password stealers. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so Taylor, in our it talk, certainly are. Certainly they are. Um, in our talk with Tim, we discussed. Cyber criminals favoring advertising over phishing, but before anyone no. thinks phishing is going anywhere, we're here to say <laughs> it is still here. But first, because maybe some people don't use it, can you provide a brief description of what Microsoft OneNote is? Gosh, I would love to. <laughs> uh, so OneNote is i uh, staring at my Mac and complete lack of OneNote on it. Uh, OneNote is uh, the Microsoft uh, kind of standard note-taking, uh, cloudy note-taking app um, that allows you to insert all kinds of um, cool images and videos and links and uh, Visual Basic scripts and all kinds of fun stuff uh, into a file. And then because it is... Uh, kind of installed by default on anyone using Office 2019 and above. Uh, folks who have that stuff, stuff gets opened up in OneNote uh, as kind of a yeah, uh, an end run around the lack of macros that you can now no longer embed into Excel files like you used to. Uh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the halcyon days of... Uh, yeah, being able to put any malicious macro into uh, an Excel or a Word or uh, what have you file and then just trust that your users would open it up, your victims now, would open it up. <laughs> that's macroeconomics for you. <laughs> <laughs> this problem brought to you by the security and features trade-off. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, this is kind of an like a, a response to, hey, there's no more... Uh, like you can't just stuff macros and everything like you used to. So like, Hey, you know, sometimes when Microsoft, uh, you know, closes a door, they open up a window, a window, a window, a windows, <laughs> and that windows is one note. Uh, so there's a huge uptick in, uh, one note, uh, phishing 
over the last, there's a bunch in the last week or so, uh, but the proof point folks will tell you it's been going on kind of since late December and then really ramping up uh, in the, the whole month of January here. So, so it's pretty new then, right? <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah, like the techniques themselves are, you know, it's a well-trodden path uh, in terms of process execution uh, that looks very similar to what you might have seen from macros in the past. But again, uh, you know, now we're going uh, OneNote to MSHTA to curl to run DLL. To, like, you know, it's it's kind of similar stuff to what we would have seen in the past, but now just happening through OneNote. Um, and, you know, you OneNote won't run macros, but it will run um, you know, Visual Basic scripts and LNK files and all kinds of fun stuff. Interesting. Um, man, Taylor, you've answered so many questions I was hoping to ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm curious if you just have any other takeaways from the proof point research that was produced here that you think would be interesting to share with the audience? Because I know that that particular bit of research in that blog really caught your attention this morning. Yeah, you know, I think it's there, um, you know, attributing it back to the different types of malware. So async rat uh, kind of being the most prevalent they're seeing, but Quasar rat and a few others uh, making the list as well. Again, these are pretty standard stuff, nothing like world or earth shattering um, about async rat, but the kind of deployment mechanism via OneNote is pretty interesting. And then just the acceleration of it, the uptick in it. Um, you know, there's just, uh, I guess, some, some interesting things about OneNote where it makes it easy to uh, kind of obfuscate where the links are going. And, you know, once you've given it access, it's like, hey, you think you're just, open, you know, click to view a diagram, click to view an image, and really you are, um, you know, start again, starting that install path. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, well-produced research, by the way, so I highly recommend clicking on the link, which always feels like a trick. Yeah. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> they, well, another, another interesting thing is that they have picked up an, an actual, like, a clustered group, but they call it TA, I think it's 557. Um, hang on. Ah, oh, the old <laughs> TA557. A uh, five, so yeah, T threat actor five seven seven, which for them is a they consider them an initial access broker. Um, so this is kind of like your iced ID folks who who's kind of their uh, only thing they do in, as part of the chain is get initial access and then sell that to additional folks to then come in and do all of the kind of follow on activity. Uh, but it's part of that uh, mechanization of the of the attack chain where, hey, folks are just getting very specialized in one aspect of it, which is that initial access. And then they flip that uh, for other folks to uh, to do their part in the chain. I just I love that the the, the payload domain was direct hyphen Trojan dot com. Like <laughs> truth and advertising. I know. Right. Like it's no obvious. Not even trying. It. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Taylor. Given all that you've shared, what's the best way for one to protect themselves against this this particular uh, phishing campaign, if you will? Um, you know, a lot of this stuff, like there's just simple things you can turn on that'll block a lot of the access. Um, as far as like threat hunting, going and looking at all of the children from OneNote.exe um, and seeing like, hey, are you 
<laughs> are you legitimate? Do you belong here? Is this normal? And then also if, if OneNote like spawns other stuff, like, yeah, that's um, a huge red flag. But a lot of that stuff is getting picked up. So it's great. Um, but it's just, you know, this is kind of the initial burst of activity for this particular kind of um, fishing chain of events. So. All right. With all of that being said, let's let's jump into our hoodie ratings here for one love for one note. Tim, what would you put this at? Um, yeah, I think this is a little higher than the other one. And it, it really is. It makes me think about the the trade-off that we're always making between features and convenience and whatnot and security because we give OneNote an awful lot of power um, by allowing it to be so flexible and including all these different kinds of of content within the notes that you're creating there. So uh, it's kind of a natural that this happened and it's also, um, it's getting some traction as we can tell. So uh, I will put this at four hoodies. I think, um, you know, and we'll see, maybe, maybe it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, I don't know, but, um, but for now, I think, I think I'd put it at about a four. What do you think of that, Taylor? Would you tend to agree? Yeah, I think that that's, you know, again, it's not, it's not like, Hey, this is a, some type of zero day thing that we can't protect against. It is, um, you know, best practices. We have, Again, close the door on, on macros in large part and, you know, other stuff is going to pop up, whether it's uh, buying advertising links to try and get folks to grab your malware or stuffing uh, weird scripts inside of a OneNote file. Uh, you know, it's uh, another day at the at the park for, <laughs> for threat actors. We'll go three and a half. I'll go three and a half. A 3.5. It's a... Not as scary, dare I say, of a week for our article choices. I feel like we we have a tendency to do that. It's either there's go hard, the, the roof's on fire, or you know, it's also on fire. But we we knew about this interesting fire. stuff. But it's you know yeah, yeah. we're, we're <laughs> yeah. just saying this is fine. This yeah. is fine. It's fine. Drinking some coffee. <laughs> Sitting here. Sitting yeah. here. We're at the this is fine level of this is fine of threat awareness. Well, you know, this may be a week where we didn't have super terrifying cybersecurity uh, stories that we covered. On the other hand, we would be remiss if we let this episode close out without talking about the Chinese balloon. Because this is being recorded, what, the day after we shot down the Chinese balloon, I think. And mm. last few, few days, it was the buzz of the... Uh, geopolitics community. So I, we should, we should probably have a, um, some kind of a guessing contest that we put out there that people could write in on guessing what Intel or data is going to be found from the remains of the Chinese balloon. I'm going to say, uh, can I put on the record what my guess is? Yes. Go. Gender reveal gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a bunch of blue, blue or pink. Yeah. All right. Mm. You've not learned our lesson here. Nope. That's what it is. And took an F-22 Raptor to end that gender reveal party. <laughs> Pretty interesting. A very expensive <laughs> mm. okay, good gender guess. reveal party. Good guess. Yeah, but, you know, Chinese, uh, the Chinese economy, 
it's pretty big. It's a juggernaut still. So Total this is pocket moves. change to them. Yeah. They're, that's the real statement they're making for sure. I have a guess. So they're What's trying to, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they float a big FM radio right above and they listen to all of our morning radio shock jocks all across the country. Uh, and they're trying to recreate, which make what makes them uh, like so appealing to their audiences. <laughs> so, so you're saying the morning drive time zoo in Chengdu is about to get a whole lot better. Yeah, it's about to get a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> They're about right. to get all new soundboards and everything. <laughs> Crazy, wacky sound we effects as well. Oh, yeah. That's huge. My guess is... Uh, no, I, I hadn't actually thought about what my guess was going to be, so why am I using my sound effect? I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to find out that uh, it was... It was actually some oligarchs uh, Instagram and they were just uploading really great close ups of, uh, you know, beautiful sights that they saw. <laughs> it, it's it's just a because you know, Instagram's got to be big over there as well. And if you're if you're an oligarch, you can afford to get around the great firewall. Maybe that's what it was, actually. Maybe it was just a relay to get around the uh, great firewall. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's just a big floating proxy. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let our listeners. We'll find out soon. Yeah, you'll find out soon. I think everyone, if, if you know, if you feel comfortable, just, you know, add us on on the socials about what who you think is most likely correct here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure that will be a major topic of discussion. And we're going to go ponder that here for a few minutes on our last break before our fun game to Truths and Lie. We'll be back in one second. All right, welcome back for our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. Here we go. Um, I'll briefly describe here. It's like the game that you all grew up with, but instead of talking about ourselves, one of us reads three byline article titles, two of which are true, one of which is a lie, and the other hosts try to suss that out. And this week, I am up. So Taylor and Tim, are you ready? Hit it. Ready. Da, 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 da. Okay. Article number one. A big win to combat stalkerware. New York Attorney General holds spyware company accountable. Article number two. Planes aren't the only thing going missing near Bermuda. Serious incident at Belco results in outage. Article number three. 23 and me and a few bad actors confirm data breach affecting 20 million customers. Well, I know I want the first one to be true. That's for sure. Yes, indeed. Hmm. So the serious incident, is that like S-I-R-I-U-S? Is that serious? The uh, XM radio <laughs> channel serious. went missing? Um, it is related in the Bahamas to or Bermuda? A, um, it is not the satellite radio. Belco supports internet and power in Bermuda. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Hmm. 
I, I'm just going to take a stab here and say I, I think maybe the lie is the 23andMe one because I feel like that would have made bigger news and I don't think I saw anything about it, but, you know, I could have missed it too. But I'm going to take my chance and I'm going to say that one. You're going to take your chances. Go ahead, Taylor. That's the one I was going to pick too because I have 23andMe and I haven't gotten an email telling me they've lost my data yet. Uh, but of course, they could go... be just working on the wording of that data. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's in my spam folder somewhere. I just haven't checked it because I haven't been on there in a minute. Um, all right, I'll go number one. I'll pick number one. Number one for Taylor and number, I believe it was three for Tim. Drumroll, please. Wow. That was a world-class drumroll. Um, and it was so good. Because Tim knew he was right. 23andMe no. was the lie. It was actually Truthfinder um, and Instant Checkmate. Luckily. Um, so, Tim, yeah, you're right. That hopefully would have made larger headlines. As would 23andMe 23andMe going into the, the denim business. <laughs> you know, just extending mm. the jeans focus. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. They yeah. should do that. I haven't done that, but I did do the dog one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because our rescue dog, you know, we wanted to know what she really was made of. What are the ingredients? We'd like to remake this. It's so cute. <laughs> oh, she's a great combination. I mean, they, they should do it on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I want to thank you both so much for another great episode. Um, if you're keeping an eye on the episode numbers we're getting awfully close to another big another big in here so you can expect to hear from us about that a little bit here but i just want to thank you both for another great episode to our audience hope you're having a good week um looking forward to your own perspectives here on the balloons and uh we'll be back here next week for another episode of breaking badness see you later y'all a ta-ta thanks everyone That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.